our first year we entered, we didn't win anything. And it did force us to go back and rethink all the different things that we do in our business. Hopefully you can see this as gifts, not as punishments or discouragements to say, okay, I didn't win, but I wonder why. Maybe I need to go back and rethink. Maybe I can tweak it a little bit. Maybe I can upgrade it. Maybe I can improve it some. So next year I can be recognized. I mean, that's why we started the Lashies is because we always wanted to be not just great for some people to be honored, but for everyone to be reflective once a year at least, where you go back over your company and you think through all the things you do and you ask, why do I do these things and can I do it better? Those are good questions to ask yourself in everything you do in your life. from the city of roses this is the broadcast by lash professionals and for lash professionals thank you so much for tuning in hey guys we are excited to have two of our favorite people on cheryl pang and Anne marie lorenzini from untamed artistry yes this is at least cheryl's third time on our show Anne marie i I think it's our first time, actually, now I think about it. I didn't give it any thought. I've just known Anne-Marie and talked and been friends with her for a while. And I just thought she's been, but I think this is our first. So anyhow, we're excited to have them both on to talk about something that Untamed is doing that is unique to our industry and special. I think, not I think, I'll just say I know. It's the Untamed Awards. And that's not about them celebrating themselves and patting themselves on the back or just celebrating those people who use their products. This is a gift and an award or opportunity or a competition for anyone in the lash industry. And it's not going to be unique to just their following. It's really our following. Anyone else who just finds out about can jump in and be part of it. So, and we're going to, I'm already going to start explaining all I'm very excited about. It. So let me just not go any further into it. And I'll let <laughs> Cheryl and Emery explain what it is. But before we do, let me just do a few announcements, guys. Hey, if you're listening right now and it is before April 5th, good for you. You're a one of our real fans who listens more right when we get our episodes out. And that's really exciting because that means you still have time to mark your calendar for April 5th. That's this Tuesday. We will be selling LashCon tickets. And, guys, the hype is real. I have never had this much uh, just excitement around what we're doing. I mean, I, I feel like that nerdy kid who who got invited to the party and people are like, hey, you're here. It's cool. Come on in. I'm like, what? I'm allowed to come? You guys actually want to talk to me? It's really unique. So a lot of people have been DMing, emailing, fa- or texting, faxing. No, no one's faxed me yet. If you want to, give it a try. I don't have a fax number. But it's been kind of cool to see all the excitement and energy around this. Everyone can't wait to get their tickets. So I definitely don't want you to miss out. So if you are one of our regular listeners, we want you to be at LashCon. So the way you're going to do that is mark your calendar and buy your ticket on the first day. That way you're not hoping that tickets will be there two weeks, four weeks. And by the way, we'll have a payment plan, at least three payments. I might, I might stretch it out four payments where you can stretch out over like 90 days. That means you can really make it friendly for your budget. You want to spend a couple hundred dollars a month on the, on the ticket. That way it's not a real uh, money suck on you. So that will be coming out on April 4th. Fifth, we have two different main tickets, and we just had our episode where we explained everything. You have your standard ticket, and you have your VIP ticket, and then we're going to do add-ons this year. And the add-ons means that you can 
pick and choose what you want to do in addition to LashCon. So LashCon is Saturday through Monday, right? That's the main thing. Saturday is all socials, events, um, funds, parties, and then Sunday, Monday is all learning with a huge mega party on Sunday night and an after party on Monday night. But that's the main ticket, and then both standard and the VIP ticket get you there. But we also now have add-ons. So if you want to come day early on Friday, there's day one where you can really work on leadership. We have a couple amazing speakers and a mastermind. In the evening on Friday night, we have our friends over at Lash Booth Collective coming in. That's um, Jenna and um, Gretchen and Ashley from three different Lash brands. They're going to come and teach you how to grow your business in the evening. That's a bonus event that you have to pay for only $99. And then, because everyone wants to learn lashes at lash, at lash events, I don't understand why. That doesn't make any sense to me. I like business, but that's... We've been listening to you guys. You've been saying, please teach us lashes. We'd love to come and learn lashes at LashCon. So, guess what? Uh, on basically Saturday morning, we have a bonus lash lab where we have four classes being offered, and you can basically buy one of them. You can't go to all four. They're, they're going to be separate classes, but you can learn um, lash lamination, brow lamination. You can learn um, basically styling, like the, um, what is it? <laughs> I just went, Allie from Lash Anarchist is going to be teaching about styling. We have Anna from Designer Pro. She's going to be teaching about photography, and my wife and the amazing woman, Tuscany, is going to be teaching her lash allergy course. So we have all that on Saturday morning. It's a three-hour, like, little block of time before anything else really happens. Happens, so you can come in and take that. And then in the afternoon and evenings are, are meetups and parties and such. So that's the new stuff we have. And plus so, so, so much more. I'm, uh, I just, you just have to go back and listen to the episode before this one. And you can get all the breakdowns, all the deets. Or just go to the page, thelashconference.com. Or go to our Instagram page at uh, Lashcast Podcast or at the last conference, either one of those, and you'll get all the information. The best thing you can do right now if you're listening to this and not a Lashcast insider is go sign up for that. Go to the link in our show notes or in their Instagram. There's a link there and sign up today so you will get first dibs in the sense that you'll get notified when the tickets go online for sale and you'll get a small discount. Yeah, yeah, you can save a little bit more money. So you can spread out your payments, get a little discount, and you will be good to go. All right, enough about LashCon. I'm sorry, I've, I'm taking so much time because I am so excited. This is, I feel like it's like Christmas for me. So uh, what else is going on? We also have our trainings coming up in just another week. We have two seats still left in Austin, Texas on April 9th through the 10th. So you can go and show up for that. Also, if you want, you can meet us in New York. We're going to be at Fangirl Society in New York on May 14th through the 15th. I think we have three seats left and then we'll be back here in los angeles at aki aki lashes aki lashes i think is i'm i'm no i really need to find out how they pronounce their name i feel so bad they're like listening right now and they're probably uh, taking me off their friends list but that said we'll be there june 5th through the 6th here in los angeles so we local so all of our local fans you want to come and hang out with tuss and learn how to have great lash retention and learn her way she styles these are the ones you want to sign up for. And then we will be announcing soon um, classes for the second part of the year. And April 25th, Lash Myths Busted. That's going to be a big uh, our next webinar. Yeah, that will be both live, done on the 25th, but also recorded. So if you can't make it, you can uh, listen to it. Uh, you'll have like, I think we always say 30, 60 days, and then I'd leave it up for like 90 days. So you'll have plenty of time. Don't worry. Okay, so much going on. Very excited. Christmas is just around the corner, but we also have another exciting gift for you, and that is what Untame is doing with their Lash Awards or with their Untame Awards. So you're going to want to hear about this and get going because this comes out on the first, and guess what, guys? Today is the first day you can enter. 
and you have like four days, so you don't want to wait. So listen to all the information from Cheryl and Anne-Marie. They're going to get download all this exciting stuff. And we're going to throw in some freebie stuff. We just end up talking about some untamed things that they're doing, some new things, and we just talk about life and lashes towards the end. So if you want to hear some little insights and some stuff about also what's going on at Untamed as far as the long term, like next next year. Stick around. Don't just listen to the part about the awards and all that, but you know, you can get some insight into Cheryl's brain later in the episode too, which is always a fun place. And so I promise it will be worth your time to hang around. All right, guys, that's it. That's all I have for announcements. Otherwise, let's get into where you sit down with Cheryl and Emory and talk about the Untamed Awards. Hey guys, we're here in the Lashcast Studios with two of our favorite people from Untamed, Cheryl and Anne-Marie. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you for having us. It's nice to be back again. I feel like I'm a veteran. You you are. I've been here like (laughs) twice, so. Yeah, this is your third time with (laughs) us, actually. And it's like kind of like Saturday Night Live. We'll have the Five Time Club or whatever, like they have an SNL where (laughs) after five episodes, you get to hang out with Steve Martin in the green room. Yeah, that's right. Nice, nice. (laughs) All right, that's life goal. New life goal. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, just keep doing cool stuff at UA and we'll keep having you guys back. But anyhow, um, we're excited because we want to have you both on to talk about what I think is going to be something really fun and a real gift to our industry. And that's the Untamed Awards. And we thought, yeah, woohoo! we should have like crowds screaming in the background or something like that. Cue the clap. Applause. I, I, one of these days, I want to be like one of those DJs that has little buttons and I push and like sound <laughs> effects happen. It's like, it's all you, hey, it's Paul's DJ Wackity Wednesdays here or whatever. Yeah, what? Wackity Wackity. Yeah. And I'm like just hitting buttons and clown noises and such. Anyhow, back to life. So let's talk about what is the UA Awards? Is this something where you guys give yourself awards for being great people? Or is this for UA members because you're just trying to buy off is friends? Is it only for people who buy your brand? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, maybe you can unpack what that is. Yeah, so the Untame Award is going to be an industry-wide competition that we're hosting all through social media. And this is an award that it's meant to encourage every artist to join. And we created five different categories that you can compete in. And the intention of this award is just really getting artists together to show off their artistry show off their business, show off their creativity because we have a marketing category, a salon category, an educator category, and some artistry category as well. And then also in the last two years, we've noticed that there's a bit of a turnover in our industry. That also means that a lot of new artists are coming into our industry. We want to show these new artists what a community really feels like. So we created this awards to also honor the new artists as coming in and getting them a bit of a head start to their career as well. Because the most important thing about this competition is that there are many competitions in the industry. I personally have been to some of them, competed in some of them, but none like this before. This competition is very different in many, many ways. One of the biggest one is that it's completely free to enter. Those of you who heard of competition or joined competition before would know that you usually have to pay an entrance fee to enter the competition. And when you win, you mostly are just winning the recognition and the trophy, maybe some swag bag. But this competition, A, is free to enter, but B, is really for us to give back to the community. As we all know that COVID hasn't been kind to our community in the last couple of years. 
a lot of artists really have to struggle and persevere through this hardship. So we find a way that we want to reignite that fire, that passion in artists towards artistry and also giving them a little bit of resources to help them get back on their feet. So this award is going to be giving out $5,000 cash prize Yay. as well as some sponsor prizes yeah. too. You guys. What? No, <laughs> we're giving nothing to you. Gosh. <laughs> Don't listen to Paul, but uh, <laughs> Paul and Tussany are actually very generous in giving, being one of the sponsor of our event, giving away a ticket to LashCon this year. And I think that that is one of the best complimentary prize to the category that we have, which is the marketing category, because your conference is all about business. So in that category, not only are you going to win cash prize, but you're also going to win a ticket to attend a conference that's going to help you build all of your skill sets when it comes to business. So that's kind of the main difference between this competition and all the other competitions. No, I love it. I love the idea that you guys, this is one where this is purely you guys giving because you're not making any money off it. And if anything, you guys are technically losing money, right? Because you're paying prizes and stuff to people. So I think it's really cool. And you're right. I can't. Remember the last time, I don't know, if any competition, if we give any cash prizes? I don't think so. I think it's usually more like the honor of just having a trophy. And it's usually like a conference or something like that where they honor people. But there's no cash benefit. And I love, too, it's not just cash. You guys are giving actually product away. You're giving them, I know, mm-hmm. I know a Mary over at Glam, not Glamcore, um, Cosmo, Cosmo Glow. Glow Light. She's going to hate yeah. me. Uh, Cosmo <laughs> Glow is, you know, you're giving that away. We're giving away a ticket for LashCon. So it's like the real tangible things that will help you with your business for winning. Yeah. And I think it's really cool. And I actually like the idea that you all have a thousand categories. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know, one of the things that I really like about it is that the way that I understand that you're judging it, it is not a popularity contest. It is not something that you have to call all your friends and all your neighbors and all their dogs and say, please create an uh, online account and vote for me. That's yeah. not what this is. Can you talk a little bit about how it's judged? Yeah, maybe Emery, you can help answer that question. Sure. So I just want to start off by saying that there's no judging bias based off of any of the contestants' background, ethnicity, race, gender identity, religion, or anything else that makes them uniquely them. In addition, there's no bias based off of what lash brands they use, which I think is really unique since we are a lash brand hosting a competition. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that would be the natural thing behind the scenes. Be like, well, they're just going to pick their geek squad or their former geek squad, I should say. But that said, I've seen that. I mean, we were part of a competition that we felt like, wow, all the people- you only had to use one brand. Only could use one brand. And all the people who won in this one were students of the judges. (laughs) Every single winner. Every winner was like, wait, that's a student, that's a student, that's a student, that's a student. And they claimed all the right things they said, but the actions showed otherwise. And there are ways of doing these things blind, which we can get to that too, because I think Mm -hmm. uh, it's very important people know that, because I think that creates a lot more- equitable kind of like hey okay i can be part of this because it's not gonna be just cheryl's best friend that wins which i think i i'd win otherwise no. <laughs> you would every category yeah. paul wins best lash artist somehow <laughs> that's hilarious we do actually judge blind very similar to like victoria de regard and also the lashies where the contestants information is removed so any identifying logos or your name won't be seen by the judges we're trying our best to make sure that 
the judges can't just pick you because they like you. Of course, Mm -hmm. we want your work to speak for itself and the story you tell too as well. We've also put like a contract in place with each of the judges, which you guys kind of understand from looking at it, which is like of good faith, not looking into the entries. Because since it is all on social media, it's very easy if you wanted to, to go in and see who's entering each category. But we really selected judges that we know are trustworthy and will uphold that standard because they want, they have like similar beliefs to us with the lash industry, you know, giving everyone a chance, letting everybody shine. So I think we have a really good group of judges. Why don't you say Cheryl? Like, Oh, absolutely. We are lucky enough. And if you guys haven't picked it up by now, Tussany and Paul are going to be one of the judges for the category, the salon category. We are so lucky to have found expert in the each category that they're going to be judging in, as well as judges that really share our value as well. So we got lucky. You know, what I'm curious about is the actual criteria. So there are some competitions that will tell you right up front, they want the aesthetic to look a certain way. For example, like they want it to be a millimeter off the lid or they want it to be a certain line look. Do you guys have guidelines for that? What are the criteria? I guess first, what are the five categories? Okay. So we haven't covered that. And oh, then we can okay, go to yeah. each one and what the criteria is kind of for each one. Sure. So the five categories are new artist, salon, educator, marketing of artistry, and strict artistry. So I think the two that we could start talking about first are new artists and then get into strict artistry because these are very much based off of your actual work. Mm -hmm. And the other categories are a bit more unique than that. Mm -hmm. Who can apply for the new artist? The new artist is any lash artist with under two years of lashing experience. And when you go to enter, there are some photos that we want to see. And we have all of that on the social media on our page. Like there's actually a reel that shows you what photos and on our website, you can see the actual rubric that the judges are using. So it's full transparency. You know exactly what we're looking for every step of the way. Cool. And so the new artists and then strict artistry, I'm assuming is not like a discipline thing. It has to do more with someone who's seasoned or (laughs) experienced or something like that. Correct. There's actually two subcategories, or I should say like two winners under strict artistry. There's the stylist with less than three years experience and more than three years experience. So those who are new artists could actually enter into both if they wanted to. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. Little side note for those of you listening. Yeah. And it's really just judging the creativity of your set. It doesn't necessarily have to be overly artistic. It could be just a really clean Russian volume. It can be a classic set. It could be very avant-garde. I mean, Whatever it is that makes you uniquely you, we want to see it. That's cool. So that's really unique because a lot of times you'll see categories like classic, mega volume, volume like that. But you're just kind of putting, throwing them all in the tanks and you guys all go after each other. And we're going to just find the one that really connects with the judges will win, which is interesting. It's not necessarily your, I think, traditional kind of judging that I've seen out there. Yeah. What I want to touch on here is that something at the core, I guess the principle of our judging in our competition that's very different than perhaps other competition is that the intention of this competition isn't just to select a superior artist among our industry because that doesn't really align with UA's value. But instead, we are encouraging people to some of the UA value, which is dare to be different, to be Mm. unique, to be who you are. Therefore, a lot of the things that we're looking for from a principal perspective is that we want to see uniqueness. We want to see your personality, Mm. 
your artistry and who you are come through. And that doesn't matter what kind of set or what style of the set that you're creating. Mm-hmm. But what we really want to see is why is this a set that represents who you are as an artist? This is probably one of those tough things that we are still going to be navigating as we grow. And each year we do this competition, but I didn't want to do a cookie cutter competition where at the end of it, a lot of artists I feel like are intimidated or have reservation about joining competition because they think that there's an objective truth to who is the best artist. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them tend to be a handful of people that all of us can list the same name. But I don't think that that's necessarily true. And that definitely isn't UA's belief. So having a competition that encourage artists to shed those beliefs and those inner beliefs about how there's these objective truth of top five artists in the industry. If they're going to join this competition, there is no point of me joining. I think that that's very discouraging where we want to use this opportunity to show people that you can win because you're unique. You can win because your style is different. Really encouraging people to dare to be authentically themselves. And I think because it's blind, and that's the key, anyone can have a chance of winning. Because if it wasn't, then it is about the follower count. It is about who it is that's submitting. It's like, oh my gosh, we got blah, 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 to submit an image. You guys are like, you know, it's all high-fiving. We're now, we've arrived as a competition. But it's not about that. And I know that's not your guys' value. It's not like you guys don't cater to this other, the big popular people you guys really celebrate the individual the unique person mm-hmm. kind of i mean i know cheryl when we first met you were like i didn't feel like i was really in the in crowd when i got in the last industry i was kind of like on the outside and you said i want to bring all these other people with me into the this community because it's not just about the few the elite the exclusive it's about us all serving the greater community and i think you guys have done an amazing job of pulling so many people who didn't feel like they belonged and i think this so works as a competition in that sense can I just say, I'm, I think this is kind of like a watershed moment for, for the industry um, because this is catered to those who have a unique voice and that you're willing to recognize that. That didn't exist before. I think the first competition that I ever entered was close to a decade ago. When there were dinosaurs roaming the earth. And oh at that point... There was only one way to do lashes. And yeah. if you did lashes outside of that one way, you were a bad person. Immoral mm-hmm. even. You were a bad person. <laughs> and so like Paul kept saying, Tess, I just don't think this is, this is you, you got to do it differently because the criteria they're asking for is not what you do. And part of me was like, I'm going to try, I'm going to show them. I'm going to show them how great this technique can be. And he's like, okay, I'm going to support you. But like, but I, you won't win. No. And literally I was like so proud. I did trainings, getting myself ready for it. Oh, she's, you spent like two months yeah. practicing on charting, models. charting and, and pictures and, you know, like science, you know, like that meme with the science stuff in the head. Yeah. Yeah. And then I got my score sheet back and it was like zero, almost oh, no. like it yeah. was like, and to me it was like, I recognized because I know that I did good work. I knew that my business, my books, the reputation of my salon spoke into my success. It wasn't about the judging. But what I recognized was that there was only one audience to say that you can do things right. And so I just said, this is probably not for me. I, I know because mm-hmm. the way that I tend to do things and the way that I look at lashes is different than the lash world. And they're, they're, it, it's just not ready to accept other ideas. So the fact Mm -hmm. that you guys are here saying not only do you not have to use 
our brand, there's many ways for success and there's many ideas and many views of beauty and different techniques. And you're, you're looking to honor that. I am so proud. <laughs> I am so proud to be sitting here with you talking about this and, and to say to our industry, you guys, we've come a long way. This is really an amazing thing. So kudos to you, Cheryl and Anne-Marie. This is awesome. Oh, thank you. I was going to say one other thing that this is not objectionable. Like we're not objectionable. What's the objective truth in a sense like okay there's only this is the excellence if you don't meet this there's no way your work is good it's art guys we're dealing with art and art is very subjective super subjective so this is something it's really unique in that sense that you guys like acknowledge that versus i think sometimes we want to control our industry so much like we put everything in this little box and if you Mm -hmm. go outside that box you are no longer really doing it correctly it's like you know this is art, guys. Let's celebrate the outliers. Let's celebrate the people who do weird things like put lashes on foreheads. No, whatever it is. But I just see the creativity, and I think this will free people to just kind of explore. And who knows? Maybe a new style of lashing will come out of this. You never know. Yeah. This is why the cash incentive is so important for artists because here's someone to give you a pep talk and tell you that, you know, you got this, you can join this competition. It's fine. But there's always that voice in the side of our head that inserts a lot of doubt. And I don't mean to point blame in the industry, but that is part of the results of the industry because the industry was formed in a way where we were being told that beauty is very objective, just like in fashion, in body shapes, right? For a really long time, we were told that beauty, exactly, beauty is objective. We've been told by media, we've been told by magazines that this is the definition of beautiful. And it's really hard to break out of that mold when there's no incentives to encourage me to break out of that mold. So I really want people to look at the cash prizes as an incentive for you to break out that mold because you have nothing to lose, but everything to gain. Worst case scenario, you post a picture on your Instagram feed, nothing happens, your client sees it and got to know you a little bit more. Great. If you're an educator, you got some interest in your education program. But the best case scenario is you're winning a minimum $500 cash plus on top of whatever extra complimentary to that category that you want in. And you can also enter multiple categories as well. So I really feel like the industry have a lot of talk about raising the industry, building it up, setting a higher standard. Here is me tooting my own horn a little bit, but I've always believed that action speaks louder than words. And I believe that the actions that I've taken with Untamed Artistry is me wanting to help this industry in an actionable way, setting the bar really high with free education. Now coming out with an award like this, it's through action. I want to change a lot of the narrative and push a lot of boundaries and disrupt a lot of these false beliefs of our industry. I'm really, really excited about this. And I know that I have the right team to go on this journey with. Because when I told the team this, like they are just as excited, if not more excited than I am. Like I was just the person who said we should do a competition where we give our money was free to enter. But everything else, you know, was put together very meticulously by the team. They really understood the vision. And when we sat down once and did a gratitude exercise on our monthly meeting, and I wanted everyone to share a gratitude that they have towards this Untamed War. And hearing everyone's answer just solidify the reason why we do this. Like people's answer range from, I'm so excited to be able to help people. 
And then some other people's answer would be like, this is something that's never been done before. The industry is really going to get better from things like this. And then some other people will be like, you know, as a new artist, I wish I had resources like this. So none of it, it's about what UA can gain. All of it is about what we can give back. So I am always really, really proud of my team. I could never tell. (laughs) One of the things that I was thinking that one of the benefits that I've seen, even with Tuss, when Tuss has been in this one competition like 10 years ago, what an amazing gift it was for her, even though she didn't win. It was Mm -hmm. just the focusing on her craft. For two months, she spent a lot of time focusing on her craft and thinking through why she does what she does and there's anything that's not working for her. And it forced her to try to change her technique actually a little bit. And that all came because she was self-reflective and took time now. Because sometimes when you're just busy, work, 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 you're not reflective. You're just survival mode. You're just trying to get to the next day. But when you're doing this competition, I can see there being a lot of benefits to slow down, to think, the process, that ask, why am I lashing this way? What if I changed it up? What if I tried something new? What if I try to express something that I've always wanted to do, but I was so scared that people might judge me? What, I mean, what if I broke out my box a little bit and did that? So, I mean, uh, maybe yeah, yeah, share. exactly. Just a little nugget. That entering that competition really grew me from a foundational DNA level because for the first time I began to track how things grew out and in like a scientific way. And I recognized that that was a huge value for me. So if I wanted to control the way that they grew out, it meant that I had to lash differently. So it completely changed my focus. So I would encourage people to step out of their comfort zone and enter a contest, not necessarily to say you're trying to be recognized and and you're wanting to win ultimately, but the win is just one part of the benefit. The benefit in my book is number one, putting yourself out there because that's an exercise in vulnerability and it will always uh, benefit you. It will always come back to you. And the other thing is Changing your mindset, opening it up to other things. You may not be thinking about the criteria that you are entering. You may not master it yet, but because you hadn't had your eye on it, now that your eye is on it, what are you going to do? Your technique, your thought process will improve for the next year. And Paul and I have always entered contests and competitions for that very reason. We may not possess the skills now, But talking about it, forming a thought process about it sets your goal for the next year. So it's a wonderful exercise and it doesn't cost anything. Trying out. Truly doesn't cost anything. (laughs) Right? You just have to say, I'm going to do this. Maybe your ego a little bit, but it doesn't cost anything. This reminds me of how a lot of time when you want to learn a new skill set, you need to have a goal in order to actually have some success in it. I've been wanting to learn the keyboard forever, right? But I have the app, you know, I have classes that I'm following, but it just never kind of stick until I realized that I need to find a song that I'm trying to learn how to play and have an event or whatever that I want to perform at. So there's like an end goal almost so that you have something in the near future, a target that you're working towards. And I think competition is one of those really great target for you to improve your skill set. Whereas you can sit down every day lashing, and say, I want to be a better lash artist, but then enter autopilot mode without even thinking about it because that's just the nature of your business. For me, competition had taught me time management. Time management is so important that I can't just lash one eye 
and then forget about the other eye and I go back to it and not have enough time. And another thing I learned is like density distribution. If you just laugh one lash autopilot one eye at a time, you forget that your clients don't have even amount of lashes on both eyes. So if you don't make that adjustment, which is the reason why I feel like last year, the competition or a few years ago, the competition I entered, I didn't really do that well. It's because even though the set was beautiful, but one eye was just slightly denser than the other eyes. I'm like, oh, like, you know, I could have <laughs> caught that. But all of these kind of help us. I think like what Tessany said is the being reflective. It's mm. forcing yourself to be reflective. And the best way to improve is to be reflective. You are really giving the industry a gift. You're giving us a goal to reach. There's little we have to risk other than our own effort that we're, yeah. we're, we're trying to improve ourselves. But it really mm-hmm. is an opportunity to reach higher and the investment takes so little. So kudos to you guys for creating this opportunity for us. One of the things that I do this all the time and it forces me to do things or get things done and that's just saying yes to things, even if I don't feel like I'm ready. LashCon tickets, we were working with a date and I finally said, I just looked at the calendar and I just went, April 5th, it's, that's it's it. That's We're just going to do it on that day. And I'm like, I don't think we can make it. But if I don't pick the date and just say yes, yeah, I'll forever absolutely. just put it off. And it will be June before you know it. And the same thing with these competitions. You're going to say, oh, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready. Right. You never will be ready, by the way. You never <laughs> are ready. You just say yes and you do it. You put yourself out there and you learn and you grow. And then, by the way, you might totally surprise yourself. We entered this one salon competition with our coaching company and we thought we had no chance of winning anything we're like my coach like just enter in just enter in. I'm like dude we suck we just had gotten into <laughs> strategies we had just begun to start retooling our company and really setting up right and he's like no just enter it just for fun just do it for fun you know it doesn't matter you'll learn where you are it's an exercise it's an exercise and we won <laughs> it was like oh, it's like we won a category and i was like what how did so that happen cool. and it was like because yeah. we, we always think the worst of ourselves we always go look at ourselves and go i suck i'm horrible i can't do anything right and then other people are looking go man i wish i could be you i wish i could look cool i wish i did it that way i wish i had your style I wish i had your approach i wish i had your mentality whatever it is there's other there's gifts you already have that you don't even appreciate and know and so this is a place where you might shock yourself. You may enter, even if you don't win, you'll still get benefits, but you might actually do win and might be like, wow, I actually not, I'm pretty badass after all. Right. I mean, I actually have some <laughs> skills and I think that's, a, that can be part of the joy of this. Cause I think because it's blind, because you guys really are trying to be much more inclusive and open about stuff. I think there, there, there's more opportunity there for people who may never heard of this person who comes out of blue and wins. So it's, it's very cool. Yeah. Another thing I really thought about when designing this competition is that, you know, I'm somebody who struggles with ADHD. So I know that if a competition is hard to enter, mm. that also <laughs> like, prevents me from entering. If I have to email a bunch of pictures and then I have to do a new set only and like all of these things, I'm just like, oh, I'm tired. Like I might have a chance, but I'm tired. <laughs> I would yeah. just dream about winning. That's why we have designed this competition to be so easy to enter Every single category requirement of entering is posting some pictures on your Instagram feed, which you already have. And the pictures that you're posting could be photos that you take new, but you can also just choose existing photo that you already have, sets that you've done before. So all of this, it's making it like 
I think that maybe when we're designing this, we're really thinking about how do we get someone like Cheryl to enter? Yeah, I was about to say know? that. <laughs> how do we get someone like Cheryl in the first year of her career, second year and third, for every single stage of her career to want to enter this and be able to enter it with ease, right? Like even in our website, the contest page, we make sure that everything is included in there. However, each category is collapsible. So if you don't want to look at everything, you don't have to look at everything. You just look at the category that you know you want to enter. And then for those who really want to extra prepare, we also include the rubric in there. So it's like there's inclusive even in that way in how we think about delivering their information about this contest to our potential contestants. So I'm really proud of my team being extremely thorough in thinking about like everything, even just like reading through the copy, right? Like everything that we think about, we always start with the end user in mind. We start with the artist in mind and really think about how does an artist perceive this information? How do they perceive these categories? So I think you should have a tagline, a last competition that even Cheryl would enter. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I, I yeah. Think. So, anyway. You guys understand, today is what, March 30th? And yeah. I have one day left to do my taxes. And I, like, haven't even, like, started, okay? Oh. Girl, you're not alone. No. I know that there are other people listening that are exactly the same way. So oh, I, I know, exactly. Yeah, because yeah. creative like, people tend to be like that, right? Yeah. I so. Know. You know, to tell you the truth, I have like taxes. I haven't even thought about taxes. You at never all. think about taxes. Like, what are taxes? That's, that's my job. You know? That's my it's job. Like, it wasn't until maybe a year ago, like I realized I've never gotten the mail. <laughs> How does it get in the house? <laughs> it magically oh appears. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So. Yeah, Tasha's an artist. Her head's always somewhere else. So. That's Unfortunately my job. for me, you know, Phil is like me too. So every time we go out of the house, me and Phil look at each other like. Do you have your keys? No. Do you have your keys? No. When's the last time you've seen your keys? I don't know. <laughs> I haven't seen my keys in weeks. I'm like, oh, okay. So, oh. Well, I'm like that too. Like oh. seriously, I didn't have keys for the longest time. No. One time we we're going into the house and my daughter looks at me and she's like, you don't have your keys. And the look of scorn from her face was like, oh my gosh. It was just very, it was just like a moment. Like I got to get the key thing under control. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have to get those tile thing on my keys now so that I know where my keys are. Well, that allows yeah. you to beep it or find it or, or Yeah, it's like the Bluetooth finder. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think we got that once for you, but we never put it. No, no, we never got that. We but I can it. manage my keys. And the only thing is the phone. The reason why I wear this watch is not for the time. It's so that I can beep <laughs> to find out where my phone is. <laughs> yeah, just an $800 phone finder. It's my phone finder. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god! Every time we watch TV on the couch, like I swear, every fifteen minutes, me and Bill like, "Where's the remote? Do you have the remote? I don't have the remote. Where's the remote?" It, it just <laughs> wandered off while we we're watching the show. It's horrible. Wait till you have kids. Make- the kids will steal it next, and yeah. you, then you'll never find it. Oh great! And then you'll lose your kids, and that's really fun. No, I'm just it's like, where's our, <laughs> oh, where's no. our, where's our kid? That's every parent's the worst nightmare. I feel uh, like that would be me. Yeah, no, it, it was Tuss. You, you've lost. I'll put GPS tag on my kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, chip or just put a leash on him. I know there's some parents that put a leash oh. on their kid. You're not going to be one of those parents. 
if we didn't definitely do not. No, <laughs> I'm traumatized just hearing about that. Yeah, no. yeah, we talked about it, but no, we never could. That was just a call we should have done. We should have because he would run. We were always told that kids will never run off where they can't see you. Like they'll always from a point far away. If they can still see you, they'll stay with an eyesight. Our son, no. He would run and he would just like freedom, freedom at last, freedom, and just keep running <laughs> forever and never look behind. And we'd like, he's not turning around. And it's like a block away. We're like, okay, I think we, cold does not apply to this axiom. We have to go save our son from being lost. So yeah, it was always a little nervous there. All right. So anything else that we need to unpack? I know we got through the actual categories. We talked about the judging. I think a little bit of the why. I think some of the uniqueness about this competition. What about when? Oh, yeah. Timelines. Let's get the timelines down because I know that we're going to release this on. <laughs> I have like a 24-hour window here. Uh, we're going to record this today. <laughs> release it hopefully by late tomorrow night. So it's ready and to go on Friday. Will be Friday? And, yeah. No, tomorrow's Thursday. Yeah. There you go. There, there you go. <laughs> Time is another thing that's irrelevant in her life. But that said, Sorry. so when does everything happen? And how? I know it's pretty fast and furious coming up. So the actual, like right now, we're promoting, trying to let people know that prepare now because it is a very quick timeline. So April 1st through the 4th is when it is open for you to actually enter in your pictures. So entering into the competition, four days. And then from there, we start judging. Yeah. And then we'll start announcing the winners and the whole event wraps up on April 14th. Wow. So this comes out on the first. So today, if you're listening, stop what you're doing. Well, finish listening to this because that's more important. <laughs> then immediately go and go to UA's page or go to our page too. I know we'll have it up on our stories and you can get the deets there. And it's not hard, guys. It really isn't hard. Right. It's actually, you can just go through your history of photos, find stuff, and then repost, which is the beauty of Instagram is... You can repost stuff. And so I never do that for some reason. I don't know why. I should start reposting things from two years ago, but I don't. But you can, and you can uh, find your best and the brightest. Or go out and shoot it yourself and whatever you want. Whatever's easiest for Cheryl to get in this competition is what you need to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, exactly. Cool. So you only have a few days. So, yeah, definitely don't blow it off. And then you'll find the results pretty quick, too, which I think is really nice because I think sometimes competitions – take forever to hear back. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I think there's three other categories that we haven't touched on that yeah. I just want to make sure we briefly touch on. Yeah. Emery, you should go into some of these other categories that we have in this competition as well. Sure. The other three are salon educator marketing of artistry. So Obviously, salon has to do with how your salons run. Educators are for educators, and marketing could be for anyone. That can be for an educator, a salon, an individual stylist to show okay. how they market their business. So, company, small, large, doesn't matter. Yeah. Just mm -hmm. show your marketing. Right, yep. exactly. And what's unique about these categories is yes, you're submitting something that shows your skill set in that category but we're getting more into reflection questions that mm. I think that even if you're not entering the category, because maybe it doesn't apply to you yet, these are questions that you could go look at the rubric and start paying attention to, to help build your business. So for example, we will ask you like, what makes your education marketing salon unique? And then we want you to reflect a little bit different. Like what are you most proud of with your marketing or your education? And then also things like what changes do you want to make? Because we want to meet you where you're at and see where you want to go. And I think mm -hmm. that that's a really beautiful thing that we yeah. added in. That is great. One of the best ways to think about that question is just envision yourself winning that cash prize. The educator is a thousand dollar cash prize and some training kit. And then, you know, for the other categories of 500. So if you just ask yourself, if you like have a hard time answering that question, my tip would be like, 
asking yourself the question, what would I do if I was given $500? How would I change my business? What improvement would I make to my business with that $500? And I think that that's a really great way to go about it because we want to know how is this resource going to help you improve your business? That's how I would look at that question. Cool. That's great. Yeah. I think um, with me, I would fix my chip tooth. That would, I spent $500 on that. I that would, would love you to fix that I know. chip tooth. I would probably be like, mm, no. I don't know if this is. Um, uh, no, that's not, in the, that's that not the best use of it's those prize growth. funds. It's personal development of your funds. Well, actually, prize actually, funds. if you write a really compelling caption about why you think fixing your tooth is going to present yourself in a way that elevates your business and make people yeah. think you're more professional and brings more business into your thing and whatever. Yeah and helps your branding image, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Maybe the judges will be really impressed by that answer. Yeah, outside the box thinking. By the way, I do want to clarify because I we keep hearing this thing called rubric and it sounds like algorithm in my mind. Like and, Rubik's or, or, Cube? Or, or I keep thinking Rubik's Cube, like someone's sitting there with a cube, like, hey, turn in the Rubik <laughs> and you're just like, okay, I got red on one line altogether. I guess what he's saying what is, is for people who don't know what rubric yeah, is. Yeah, what's a rubric? What's a rubric? Yeah. It's really just the grading sheet. So it's like the category and then how you get one, two, three, or four points in that category. So it tells you exactly how we're looking and what we're assessing. Oh, it's back to school again. Yeah, it is a little schooly, but this is a way to try to keep this objective, even though there is so much subjectivity to being an artist, but there are things that we're doing to try to make it an objective view of the submissions that we get. Cool. No, I just want to make sure because I I, I always assume... I know everything, but I think sometimes it's good to explain the little things like <laughs> rubric. It sounds so fancy and cool. I know it, it's a little stiff, right? Yeah, but <laughs> you can blame like the algorithm. You can just blame the rubric if you don't win. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! But uh, true, me it was the rubric. <laughs> exactly. All right. So we got, there are no losers. <laughs> no, there are no losers. Yeah, no, yeah, like we covered earlier. So okay, so we got one. There was two more, right? Other we want to break down the other two categories. Oh, I kind of just threw them all together. together, They're they're similar. They're just like different main categories. Like, are you an educator? Mm -hmm. Do you have a salon? Or do you want to show off your marketing abilities? So, yeah. Cool. Or all. All of it. All of them. You could be an Honestly, if I was a new artist, I would just enter every single category. There's five Mm -hmm. categories. And if I'm a new, even if you are a solo artist and you only have your own studio or home studio, I would still enter the salon category. Yes, some of the questions would be a little hard to answer. Like, what does your staff mean to you? What does your team mean to you? But I think that this is where we're trying to say, be creative, be Mm -hmm. unique. Show us who you are uniquely you. Because you can say, many would argue that being an entrepreneur, you wear so many different hats. So technically, you are your team that you're managing because you are the marketing person on your team. It all depends on how you tell the story, I mm-hmm. guess. Yeah. And just a good exercise. Like Amory said, it's a great way for you to reflect on your business, regardless you win or not. I mm-hmm. think that this will be something that just almost like an incentive. You have a better chance of winning this in the lottery. <laughs> your odds are better. Yes. The mathematically odds are, speaking. I mean, unless you, you know? guys get a million or five million entries, which then you guys probably won't be ready for that. Oh, okay. <laughs> then maybe not. But yeah, you know, then you're like, mathematically okay. speaking, your odds are better. And then buying a lottery ticket, you don't really get anything out of it after. But in this exercise, just like Tessany said, you get a lot out of it 
that isn't tangible to the prizes that you win, but it's who you will become as an artist and as a business owner after you enter this competition. For us, one of the things that we loved about entering into when we used to do salon stuff for Salon Today and got selected by them, but our first year we entered, we didn't win anything. And it really forced us to go back and ask why. Why were we not being acknowledged? Why did, did we not, were we not a good salon? Were we missing? Did we have gaps in our company? And it did force us to go back and rethink all the different things that we do in our business. And so this is great for like marketing, especially or salon. If you don't get selected, hopefully you can see this as gifts, not as punishments or discouragements, but really gifts to say, okay, I didn't win, but I wonder why. Maybe I need to go back and rethink. Maybe I can tweak it a little bit. Maybe I can upgrade it. Maybe I can improve it some. So next year I can be recognized. I mean, that's why we started the Lashies is because we always wanted to be not just great for some people to be honored, but for everyone to be reflective uh, once a year at least, where you go back over your company and you think through all the things you do and you ask, why do I do these things and can I do it better? Those are good questions to ask yourself in everything you do in your life. And I think um, this can be the same idea. When you get done, if you mm-hmm. win or don't win, hopefully you just take this as a, as a growth and learning opportunity, especially because you are asking questions about salon, about marketing, about training, outside of just the typical lash picture types of competition. But you're actually doing other mm-hmm. things a little bit more reflective, I think, as well, and helping people think these processes through. So I think that's great. Yeah. All right. Time is getting by-bye. We did still... I, I, we joked earlier that Cheryl and I should just start doing Joe Rogan podcasts. We'll just sit here and talk for hours and on about anything and everything in life. But we do want to talk a little bit about you guys. You have other stuff going on with UA. You've done some big changes. I listen to your guys' podcasts, and I feel like I've, I I kind of know a lot of those changes, but I won't share all. Maybe you guys could share some of the stuff because things have been going on over there. Things have been changing. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the biggest change that UA has gone through was actually an idea that's brought forward by Amory when she first joined the team the first month or so or something like that, that Emery and our new CEO had proposed a rebranding for UA. And to a lot of people, this might seem like kind of soon, right? UA hasn't really been around for that long. And for some reason, they just felt like UA was ready, ready for some elevation, ready for some glow up, growing up. And when they brought the idea to me, it made so much sense. And I would say that that's probably one of the biggest projects that they took on since they joined the team to really change UA in a way where it still preserve all of our values, our integrities, and what we stand for, but changing some of the other things that we want to add to our values and also upgrading our appearances a little bit. I always use this analogy of how UA was this quirky kid in high school that wore whatever she wanted, but, you know, not stood out, but not always the most polished, right? But you always notice her. But now UA 2.0, it's the same kid, but she went to a fashion program in New York. And like, you know, (laughs) she's... You know, she's a little glow up now and she understand how to look unique and stand out, but also rooted in really strong design elements that come across very polished. And that's kind of what we're going towards. And I can't say share too, too much because everything with the rebrand, what we have unfolded so far, it's more of the visual and the aesthetic, right? Like we have changed the color a little bit. Still this, you know, iconic blue, yellow, pink. But if you guys really look at it, the color has toned down a lot. 
we have revamped our entire website. So our website is new and improved. It has a lot of customized elements in it, and it's a lot easier for navigation. Although I feel like our website prior to the rebrand was pretty good already, but I didn't know how they would manage to take really good to like even better. But somehow they did it, and now the new website's navigations are easier. We took a survey from our customers a little while back of the improvement they wanted to see in the website, and we included all of those improvement into the website as well. So. Overall, these are the first level of rebranding that we're seeing. However, there are many other levels of rebranding that is going to unfold as the year goes on. And I can only give away so much, but I would say that you can expect everything to upgrade. I'm talking about everything from the quality to the packaging to the appearance. Everything, and then also we're going to be introducing more industry disrupting element into our brand as well.、Woo-hoo. Not only in <laughs> what the products that we're selling and how we're selling the product, but also in the education realm as well. We have really took our time, like our sweet, sweet time, to really think about how do we add value to education in our industry. We had a conversation once, Paul. You know, you know that where I stood with how I view the education system,、yeah. our model in our industry, and that's why it's always been a decision that I have really taken my time to decide and how I want to enter that world. UA, we are the brand for the lash nerds. It's inevitable that we're going to be joining this education. Realm in the industry, but it's something that it's a decision that we don't make lightly. Just because I want to make sure that the value that we contribute to the industry, it's there. So I'm really excited about that because that's also some new stuff that's coming that I can't share too much about just yet. I feel like everything I just can give you guys a tease. Basically,、yeah. all I want to do is give you guys a tease to let you guys know that UA. Not only will still be the brand that you love, that sees you, that makes you feel seen, and gives you the best product that you can, but always considering what you want it. But we're taking that to a new level. We're taking all of our promises to a new level. Also, integrating some new fundamental values into our brand that may not be considered by most brands in our industry.、Mm-hmm. So. Very cool. It's like a and, riddle. And, and, yeah, yeah, she's like, like, it is like a riddle. It is like you, you know,、tell. it's like you know, super ambiguous. She wants to, and then she's like, I can't share, but I want, to, I can't, but I want to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Katie's ready. You guys should take it home and try to like solve、Unpack、the riddle. It, yeah, yeah. Have for bets me, on it. And by the way, I'll give a little application here for anyone who has a salon or business. This is something I struggled with when we first started doing. When we had employees. I'd be like, Hey guys, we're going to go do this, and like, woo! And then like six months later, I was like, When's it going to happen? And、I'm、it、like, breaks. Trust with people. It does. Yeah. We start sharing、mm-hmm. things too soon before. I mean, this goes opposite of what I said. Just say yes and do it. You also have to have wisdom, and you have to have a little bit of timing where you you, you need to have those outlines. Like you put it out there. We are going to do this. So that kind of already puts you in that motion. I better、right. deliver. 
But at the same time, to be able to exactly outline it without having it all worked out yet isn't really wise either. And that it can be very disappointing if you're a team member and you're part of a company or a salon and that your owners are always like talking about all the new cool things and then nothing happens. That's yeah. just how you quickly lose people. And that's how I know we had team members. We just stopped. We would just you know say, hey, guys, next year we're going to do this. And like maybe ambiguous like you did, but then wait till I had it ready. And then I'd come up into the team and say, hey, guys, now we're starting this in next month and boom, 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 and have it all laid out. And yeah, it's tough. <laughs> I've definitely made those mistakes before as a leader because I'm somebody who loves to paint the vision for you. I yeah. want to show you the potential. I want to show you the promises. A lot of time without considering all the ways that something can go wrong and not happen. So I'm really learning to share just enough to motivate us and get the team and everyone in alignment, but not so much where people have experienced like whiplash, especially the trust with customer that we take so much time to build, but it's also very fragile at the same time. But some of the other things that we're doing really well in, it's on the back end as well. These are the things that most people in our industry don't see and don't experience, but UA have set up now such a great customer support team that supports educators. So Mm -hmm. we are officially providing a lot of kit for educators. So like we partner up with the DFW Lash University in Texas. So we are an exclusive kit provider for DFW Lash University. That is a great partnership that I feel like we're really proud of to be able to partner up with a university that really aligns with our value as well in inclusivity, as well as their education model. So these are some of the new things. I feel like right now, if you're an educator, you are, because I know when I was an educator, it was extremely difficult for me to put kits together because a lot of the time the kits takes me a lot of effort, not only because of the money that it costs, but also the coordination of it. Because I built a kit with so many different brands mm-hmm. of products mm-hmm. and then I have to go on Amazon and then I have to go here and then I have to go there to put the kit together. We provide the kit for you guys mm-hmm. in your training too. Yeah. So our kits are We have like kits for whatever level of training that you're doing as well. So our team is growing in that sense in really supporting the artists. I feel like maybe in the forward facing, not much change. We're still this quirky brand on social media, sharing tips and stuff. But in the back end, we are providing a lot more support to artists in terms of customer service side. So if you guys ever have any questions, anything like that, just know that there's probably an answer that we can give you, whether it's seeing a salon that want to bulk order or we have infrastructure set up now where we previously didn't. That's another big change. It's not as sexy to talk about, you know, like (laughs) it's just not like a sexy topic. It's like, yeah, now you can bulk order with us as a salon and we can discuss your needs. Like it's not appealing, especially when 80% of our industries are solo artists, Mm -hmm. but we really want to make sure that UA isn't just supporting artists through our social media, which is great providing resources and tips and tricks, but we want to make sure that in the back end, you feel just as supported in your business. My goal has always wanted to be some lash artist inventory solution. Mm -hmm. Like I want you to spend less time worrying about your inventory, more time 
focusing on the things that you actually like to do, whether that's connecting with your clients or doing the artistry itself. But no one tells me that I enjoy just sitting there and going through inventories and going through all the different brands and figuring out like nobody enjoys this. So now we have the infrastructure for artists to lean on us to let us alleviate some of those burdens for them. No, I think what you guys are doing, you're growing up. As a brand, right? Yeah, we're growing up. Yeah. Exactly. You guys in the beginning were like anyone's like focus on the brand image and on their marketing message and just get some good solid products. You started small, just, you know, glue and you kind of went from there and then you expanded and all that. But now you're going back in and doing all, like you said, the unsexy stuff, the behind the scenes stuff, that operations stuff. And that's mm-hmm. typical like for anyone, like in the salon world, same thing. You in the beginning, you're just like, just do lashes and have a fun page and all that. But then you begin to realize you have to have systems, you have to have operations, you have to know how the workflow works. How do you hand a guest off from front desk to your staff? And this stuff, no one cares about really, but it really is what sets you apart because now you're really creating a great customer experience. And mm-hmm. I think really Joey Coleman, who spoke at LashCon a couple of years ago, really said really today, what you can do to have an advantage over your competition is set yourself apart with customer experience. Because in the end, if you're doing lashes, everyone's doing lashes now. And a lot of mm-hmm. people are doing lashes well now. It's not like, you know, yeah. the disparity like 15 years ago where there were like a few people good and a lot of really bad people out there, I felt like, doing really ugly lashes. Now, you see a lot of growth and a lot of that because people have been around this season. So now how are you going to stand out? How are you going to be different? Well, you're going to have to create a more unique user experience and a good experience. And that's that's the stuff that takes a lot more thought and a little bit more purpose, a little bit more time. But man, if you do it right, I mean, to be honest, and I've seen a lot of lash companies, there's not a lot of great customer experience a lot of times. Sometimes there's a lot of just like you call, you email, and it takes days, if not weeks, to hear back from a brand. And I think the people who evolve and find ways to really engage and serve and, and like I said, make their life easier – are going to be the ones that win in this industry. So you guys are, it's cool. You're no longer teenagers. You're now young adults. (laughs) Yeah, we're we're definitely young adults now. And one thing I feel like I'm very proud of, definitely our customer service. It's been like that since day one, because our model at UA, it's people before profit, right? So it's always making people feel seen and special, especially having people like me and Emery on the team who have been lash artists. We felt all the frustrations that being a lash artist felt before. I've ordered from a brand two, $3,000 worth of product once and the entire fiber of all the lashes are different and it wasn't even workable and I never got a response from it. That's a lot of money down the drain and we never want to, give another lash artist those kind of experience. And then speaking of building systems and things like that, another exciting thing we're doing as well, it's not that new, but it's relatively new, is Emery and I started a podcast together. That's right. You guys know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The Untamed Podcast. And in that podcast, so far, we're actually talking a lot about business mindsets and mental health. And you can really see who we are as a brand seep through in every single one of our episodes. Because the underlying thing, it's always something about how to help you not only be a good artist and actually kick ass in your business, but kick ass internally. How to feel worthy as a lash artist, how to feel great as a lash artist, emotionally, physically, mentally, and all these things. So I've been really enjoying it. You got me hooked. So being on your podcast, I'm like, I didn't do this all day. Let's do this. 
It is fun. <laughs> Sharing ideas, it is. hanging out with people, chatting. If I could just sit around and do this all day I, and literally be like Joe Rogan, I would. I would do a three-hour episode every day, hanging out. Tuss probably would be like, not for me. She loves it, but not that much. I just like, I would just bring people on. I'll just have a, I need a professional booker. Someone just sits up people for me every day. I'll talk to you for three hours and we'll interview about life. Yeah. But yeah, it is fun. And I'm glad uh, you guys are doing it because I feel like you have a good voice and you guys have a lot to say and a lot to input. And I have always felt that I think really inside our DNA is a lot of like where people before profits, we got this thing from strategies, do great work and the money will follow. Yes. So, but focus on the work. Too many people, I think, focus on the money. And like, oh, okay, I'm going to make money. I got to make money. I got to make money. It's like, stop it. If you just keep thinking that way, I think you're just going to fail eventually or burn out because money is not that rewarding. But we, the people, serving people and making a difference and knowing you, you're, that's your legacy, right? It's that you're doing why. something. It's the why. Now you got something really cool. And if you're doing it for those right reasons, of course the money will follow because you're doing good work. And I, I think you guys are a shining example of that, of a company that really went out to serve and help people and, and make our industry a better place. And people rallied around you guys. I mean, you guys popped out of nowhere. I mean, <laughs> it's literally like, what? Is there really a need for another Lash brand? Really? And I'm like, yeah, when they do stuff like Untamed, yes, they do. Yes, we need more. We need another Lash brand like that. So it's really cool. Yeah, we like stirring the pot and, you know, disrupting the industry. Just like how recently we dismantled our ambassador program. Yeah. That's another conversation. If you don't know where to start in our podcast, you can go and listen to that episode first. That's kind of an interesting one. Emery and I share our views and why we believe that the model of ambassador program is fundamentally flawed in our industry and why we made the tough call to end ours and what are some of the ways that we believe are more effective in collaborating with the industry rather than the ambassador program. So that's a great place to start. Yeah, podcast. it's a great episode. And I really <laughs> love it because it shows your guys' heart. And it shows, and, I, and the truth is, I think everyone inside knows this. I don't think there's ambassadors all over going, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. The pressure to post, the pressure to do all these things. And I get 10% off or something. Like Then every weekend you see that brand posting 25% off all product. You're like, well, what's the point of me having an ambassador if every other weekend you have a 25% off discount on the weekends? Like I don't get why I'm an ambassador right now. I'm getting really no benefit from it. So, and I love, by the way, all my brands who are listening, I love all of you. Okay. But I think everyone knows how to cite. There's something not quite right here. Well, I love that you took it apart and I wanted to encourage you or challenge you as the next episode that you did was about the competition. And you referred to that episode as kind of like disappointing news or bad news. And I was like, no, it's not, it's not bad news. It's not disappointing news. It wasn't even a failure. It's a pivot. It's like when the light comes on and you realize, oh, we can do things differently. We can do things better. We can meet needs in a different way. It's not a failure. I don't like to think about it like that. I like to think of it as a pivot. And it's growth. It's just growing. It's like you guys, like I said, you guys are maturing as a brand. You're finding what works and what doesn't. You're tossing if it doesn't. Yeah. That's something that we'll always do is that we'll always stick to. I always use the word first principle, right? Like in our podcast, I talk a lot about that. I feel like. As a brand, we have these North Stars that guide us. And these are like our brand values. And they are inherent to who we are as a brand. So whenever we make decisions, it feels pretty easy for us to make decisions. Wouldn't you agree, Anne-Marie? We don't ever get into this like, oh, what do we do? It feels so stressful. It feels like having these 
very solid values guiding us as North Star makes all of our decisions so easy. And this was one of those. I remember it was just a meeting that just like, oh, we've tried even more things and it's not working. And then I was like, let's just end it. And then uh, (laughs) marketing. What? Yeah, marketing manager was like, huh? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I guess. And then I told Anne-Marie, I was like, uh, just so you want, I want you to hear from me first. She was in Australia at the time. I'm like, I've decided to dismantle the geek squad. And she's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> We were already building so many other systems to just give back in a whole different way that we didn't really need to continue that. Like all those artists who were in the geek squad could benefit from other programs that we were putting in place. Like it just totally made sense. Yeah. yeah, exactly. No, I love that. And I think that's a good lesson to even for you and people at home. You don't have to do something just because everyone else is doing it. If you, know, like you guys are really big, do what's you, right? Find what feels best for you and most comfortable for you. And if you're like, you know what? I'm going to run my business where I do lashes at 12 midnight till six in the morning because I'm the mm-hmm. midnight lasher, whatever it is. I got <laughs> then, the monopoly on yeah, the midnight. Yeah, yeah. go midnight for it. Monopoly. Just because no one else is doing it doesn't mean you can't do that. You could be that different person. And I think that's very freeing because I think so much of us are worrying about being included in the club and we want to look like everyone. We want to dress like everyone. We want to talk like everyone. And you guys continue to, and I hopefully that's in our same DNA. Like, no, 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 no. Just do it your way. There are moral decisions here, but these most of these decisions we're dealing with are not a moral issue. It's more of a preference. I like doing lashes this way. I like running my business this way. I like not having to get up before 9 a.m. I'm like that person. I'm like, I like going to work at 10 or 11. That's just me. I've always liked that. Most of my life, I've flipping out to be at work at 7 a.m. I hated it all my life. And now... Last three years since we closed our salon, guess what? We come in 10, 11, 12. <laughs> it's like, that's my thing. That's amazing. Yeah. 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 And you know, I Too work- many people aren't doing that, you know? Right. I think not enough people are daring to be different, right? Because we have all these, the society puts a lot of boxes. Mm-hmm. They want to put us in a lot of boxes. And it's so scary to step out of that and think, outside of it or to be different because the ridicule that we'll get from our peer, from our family, from our society. But honestly, it's a long way to go. We talk a lot about this in our podcast. Our podcast is like a business slash like philosophy slash mental health slash (laughs) not a lot of lashing, probably not (laughs) enough lashing, you know, in our podcast, but it's really about creating a safe space for our industry for them to a feel related to and b feel like i can be me like Mm -hmm. being me is good a thing that we always say in our podcast is you know working on believing that you're inherently good not you're good when not if good if it's just you're good right now you're inherently good right now because the work that you can create the business that you're going to build based on coming from that mindset, it's going to be phenomenal. There's study and research that can really attest to that, that if you can just believe that you're inherently good and not be driven by some external values that you don't align with, you're going to find a lot more success. You're going to find a lot more happiness. The money is going to come. The freedom is going to come. So... I want that podcast to encourage people to do that. No, I think it's great. Definitely a podcast worth listening to for sure. Add it to your list uh, right after us, by the way. Um, (laughs) Just selfishly promoting myself there. Uh, But one thing too, I I thought was ironic as as we've been talking about this and what you brought up. 
while we always are worried about fitting in and belonging, who are the people we tend to look up to and admire? It's the outliers, the people that do things outside mm. the box, the ones that aren't fitting in, the ones that are kind of willing to take a chance and be on the edge and do things differently. Mm. And you're like, oh, that's so cool. And now they kind of set the new standard eventually, and that becomes the norm. But we tend to really look up to those people as opposed to, oh, look at that person. They're so average. They fit in with everyone. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure all the quality of a basic bleep, you yeah. know, it's once wasn't basic, you yeah. know, that person was trendsetter that those trends were trendsetting yeah it's only become basic bleep <laughs> i just do my own bleeping you know <laughs> basic bleep it's because everyone started doing it because yeah. everyone you know started doing but if we can distill what it is that we like about something and then apply our own personality to mm-hmm. it there are elements that just fundamentally works for business marketing whatever it is but all of those elements are flexible. They're very agile. Like mm. you can take them and then mold them. And I think UA does that really well. It's taking really core fundamental elements of businesses that works well, but then combining with our own values, combining with our own beliefs, and then mold them into something that everyone else thinks that like, oh, like that's so weird or so strange are you doing this. But if you take a step back and you strip away all the layers, it's like there are some very fundamental thing that's always been done and that's how the way is doing. It's just doing it with a UA twist. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is why <laughs> I think you guys stood out in the market. And it's why I look at Lash Anarchist, like Ali did what she did. It wasn't the people sometimes get branding just colors and, and logos and stuff like that. And the truth is it's about the values underneath that company that drive that company, that people, the reason why people love Apple isn't because Apple had great, had great products, but it was because they loved their vision of the world and the way Steve Jobs thought and, and his idea of being this cool geek and, and just really want to belong to that tribe because we're, we're so tribal by nature. And I think you guys tapped into that with your brand and other people. We should just do a talk on values because I think in the end, that is such what drives companies. And that's why you guys, when you make decisions, it's easy because you've said, these are our values. And you go, yeah, is everyone on board? Yep, we're all on board. We agree to these values. So we have a very like mind. So when it comes to decision-making, it's easier for you than someone who's got maybe three people who all want to do different things or different values. So I think that'd be a really cool episode. We'll have to have you back for another time. <laughs> we're getting to that five uh, time club. So we got to work on that. Yeah. So. <laughs> Anyhow, another one yes, in the books. <laughs> another one in the books. So anyhow, we went uh, way over, but that's cool. I, I I love hanging out with you guys. It's always a pleasure and a joy. And uh, thank you so much for everything. Where can people go and find it? I mean, I think they know, but let's just let them know. Where can they go find out about this competition thing that you guys are doing? Oh, we yeah. don't know the answer. <laughs> yeah, like, we answer. don't know it. Hopefully people just <laughs> find like, it somewhere. I'm not sure. <laughs> Part of entering is finding it yourself. Yes. No, I'm yeah, kidding. Right. So. <laughs> it's a scavenger hunt. Yeah. All over our Instagram page right now and also on our website. You can go to untamedartistry.com and you'll see a whole section called the Untamed Awards. It's right front and center on the homepage in two locations. So it shouldn't be hard to miss. And that will take you to a whole page all about it. Cool. And just to be clear again, it doesn't cost you anything. No money, guys. Super easy. <laughs> even a competition that Cheryl can um, enter. All right. So yes, um, even got- a competition I can enter yes. in my sleep. In yeah. your sleep. Well, yeah. <laughs> that yeah I'm just really like be- on my couch looking through pictures like, That's oh, right. that one's good. Yeah, mm, I'll do that one. There you go. All yeah. right, guys. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having us. Thank you.
That's a wrap. Let's strike the set. We are done. We are out of here. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. And by the way, go right now and look up Untamed's page and look and sign up. Just do it. Just take a leap of faith. Just see what you're made of. It's okay. No one's going to hate you for entering. If anything, it's gonna, we're going to have a lot more respect for you. So it's really cool. Put yourself out there, and good things can and might even happen for you. Even if you don't win, I promise you, actually, good things are still going to happen for you. And also, guys, we want to see you online just in a few days on Tuesday to buy your ticket for LashCon. I'm almost 100% sure the VIPs will sell out in the first week or so, or maybe less. could be in the first couple days. But I think we do have a little bit more room in the standard ticket. I don't expect we're going to sell all those ace right away, but we will sell them out. I, I really feel like everything's going to sell out. So why not stop guessing or hoping you'll make it just buy your ticket. You'll make it work. And this is the type of stuff we do. We all the time. I like even April 5th. I just picked April 5th and said, we're going to pick that date and we'll just get it all done by then. And I just knew that I had that deadline. So for you, you're like, well, I don't know if I can make it in November. Don't worry. If you put it down and you commit to it, you're going to work this whole year to make sure you can be there and be part of LashCon. And that, I know when you get there, will change everything for you. You will have a new fire in you that you've not had before. That's what happens when you gather around with like-minded people. You will learn stuff in your business that are going to change your business next year in 2023 that's going to make it even better than ever. And also, you're going to find a community. You're going to make those friends. You're going to connect with people and get that inspiration and that, that support that you so much need because most of the time, you're lashed alone in the room. So anyhow, you guys, you just want to make that commitment and get your ticket and you will be there and it will be great. I want to ask you to please follow us on Instagram at Lashcast Podcast and at the Lash Conference and remember to subscribe, share, and review on behalf of my Lash Egg Tusney as well as our special guests Cheryl and Anne-Marie. I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing and remember, you have a friend in the lash industry.